And now, ladies and gentlemen, there follows a short appeal. Please, please stay tuned to this radio station for the next 28 and a half minutes as the crow flies, for we now join the show business legend, raconteur, after-dinner speaker, and twice the south riding of Yorkshire's pork pie balancing champion for 1968 and 1969. Yes, indeed. It's time for this week's instalment of Count Arthur Strong's Radio Show. <laughs> Let's have a look. Jodpers, will I wear those? Uh, well, I'll take them, just in case. Uh, my pith helmet, I'll definitely wear that for it. Uh, pointing stick, I like a good point. Gives you a bit of authority. Oh, that bloody thing. Hello, Count Arthur Strong speaking to you. Please be brief and concise. Do I have the pleasure of addressing the head of the household? Why? Um, well, because I'd like to speak to the head of the household. What for? Are you the head of the household? Might be. <laughs> On the other hand, I might be my cleaner, Doris. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. I tell you something, though. Whoever it is you're talking to, he's a very busy man. What with being head of the household and all the responsibility that brings with it. What do you want? Have you ever thought about what would happen to your property if you died without making a will? Well, I suppose, eventually, it would fall down, wouldn't it? I beg your pardon? It'll not stand forever, will it? It would obviously fall into disrepair and then in... Well, I don't know, a hundred years or a thousand years or something, it would eventually fall down. Like all these abbeys, you see. Pardon? All right, fair enough. They did have all their roofs ripped off them by Henry VIII in a fit of pique against papal Rome because he couldn't get a divorce from one of his wives. I forget which one of them it was now. I used to know them all. Um, oh, I was known for this, yes. Uh, hang on, let's have a go. Um, Anne Boleyn... Anne of Cleves, Anne of a Thousand Days, <laughs> Anne Hathaway, um, Catherine um, the Arrogant, Catherine Hepburn, um, Audrey Hepburn, Glenda Rogers. Oh, she was good in that one, wasn't she, Glenda Rogers? With, with um, Keith Michel. Um, um, Anne Hathaway and... Felicity Kendall. There you are. That must be at least eight of them, I told you. Are you still there? Uh, yes. Has that answered your question? Uh, no. Um, it's your will. I, I wanted to talk to you about whether you've made a will or not. Ah, so that's what you are. An ambulance chaser, eh? You draw me into a seemingly innocent hypothetical conversation about how long it would take my house to fall down. Then, when you've lulled me into a false sense of senility, you, you get me to change my will in your favour, like that big blonde who keeps ballooning up. Oh, yes, I was reading all about that in last August's woman's realm at the dentist. No fillings. No, it's, it's nothing like that. She'll probably spend his millions on more plastic surgery in the search for eternal youth. Mind you, I suppose I've been blessed, I have. I've always looked younger than I am. Oh, yes, I've never had any need to have my 
buttocks siphoned off and squirted in my forehead like some of them. Thank you very much. Cliff Richards has it done once a fortnight. To wonder he can sit down. His bottom must be red raw some night. Lulu, she's another one. Can I just explain why I... Oh, dear, wouldn't it be dreadful if they got the syringes mixed up and you, you, you ended up with Cliff Richards' buttocks in your face? <laughs> Wouldn't know where to put myself. I mean, I did quite like mistletoe and wine, but I wouldn't want his buttocks in my face. Made me feel quite bilious thinking about that. Look, I'm not trying to get you to do anything you don't want to do. All I'm doing is I'm selling do-it-yourself wills. Oh, yes. And who is it you work for? Birkin Hare, eh? <laughs> you must think I was born yesterday. Well, I've got news for you. I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> and, uh, frankly, I'm amazed you thought that, that a day-old baby could be holding an intellectual conversation like I'm doing to you. You're, you're, you're living in cloud cuckoo land, you. You've made a mistake. I am I not... I think you'll find it's you who is the mistake-maker here. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to do a one, seven, four, one, seven, one, whatever it is, when I've hung up, and give all your details to the police force. And what you haven't realised is I've rather cleverly tricked you into telling me your name. Haven't I, Mrs Birkenhead? Hey. <laughs> Up, oh dear, oh dear, the rudeness of some people. <laughs> She'll not be trying that one again in a hurry. Now I've put the frighteners on her. What time is it? Oh, I'll have to do a one seven one seven four one seven oh eight nine eight oh oh oh. <laughs> Whatever it bloody is, on a number later. I'm too pressed for time now. <laughs> Morning. Some streaky bacon, please, Wilf. Pardon? Some streaky... You're not Wilf. Well, I know I'm not. Just a minute. What's going on here? If it's the butchers you want, it's next door. You've come in the opticians. <laughs> How's that happened, then? I don't know, but if you're thinking of an eye test, you're in the right place. There's nothing wrong with my eyes, as you would realise if you were a proper butcher. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud... I think someone is playing city beggars here, aren't they? <laughs> and now, if you'll excuse me, because I don't have time for your silly games, good day to you. Oh, by the way, if you look at that light fit in there and say hello, because you've just been on Candida Camera. <laughs> What's Candida Camera? Can't stop. Got to catch the next person unawares. I'll tell you something, though. You look a right bloody idiot when it's on the television, clever clogs. Oh, yes, you've been framed, all right. Now then. Morning, Arthur. Wilf. How are you this morning? Very well, thank you, Wilf. Despite the attempts of that practical joker in the glasses shop next door. What, we're selling the opticians? You know, some people just have a bit too much time on their hands. I've been toying with the notion of reporting her to the independent opticians' regulatory body. Off look. <laughs> She's only just been trying to pass herself off as you. 
with a, as a blatant disregard for gender. You won't have a word with her about that. Lord knows how much of your trade she's had. Because it wouldn't surprise me if she'd been selling off bits of offal on the side. Why would she do that? I don't know, Will. <laughs> hey, maybe she's got that um, Baron Munchausen syndrome by proxy. <laughs> yes, I watched a film about that on the telly. Oh, it's tragic how far some of them go and they've got that. It's a terrible thing. A terrible thing is um, Bob Munchausen symphony. <laughs> a syndrome. Bob Munchausen syndrome. Well, what are you up to then today? It's my lecture talk tonight. Count Arthur's drums. Um, it's forgotten Egypt. Oh, that's tonight, is it? That's right. 7.30 prompt on the bottom. Latecomers may be admitted at the discretion of myself. It very much depends on how I feel when I'm presented with them and what they look like, etc. There is a basic criteria to be met. I'm not just letting anybody in. There will be a strict dress code. Oh, really? Well, what'll that be, then? No work clothes or jeans. Uh, no overalls, obviously. If you come in a hat, I'd require you to take it off for the duration of the lecture talk. And if you're a lady, no trousers. Unless you can prove there's a good medical reason for it. <laughs> and for that, I would require a doctor's note. So, if you are a woman, Wilf, and you do come in trousers, and you haven't a doctor's note, you've got two choices. One, you either take the trousers off and stop, or uh, B, get yourself back off home and miss what would have been something you would have really enjoyed if you'd stayed and taken your trousers off. <laughs> the choice, Wilf, is yours. Oh, just use your common sense and you'll probably get in. Um, anyway, listen, it's a very important night, it's tonight. I've got a representative from the British Egyptological Society coming this evening. I've applied for membership of that very um, June, July... August. August body. And if they like what they see tonight, and how could they fail not to? Well, let's just say I'm hoping to have my passage eased for me. <laughs> now then, would that be your streakiest streaky bacon? Or do you have something streakier, surreptitiously secreted, and some secret store somewhere? Safely secured, so should someone strive to subsume said streaky, secures his step shall stop said scurrilous scoundrel. <laughs> or is that the lot you've got there? Oh, uh, that's a lot. Right, I'll have two rations. <laughs> Hello, Arthur. What's all that you got there? Oh, it's all my bits and bobs for my Egypt lecture for tonight. Oh, it's tonight, eh? Yes, it's flipping tonight. You've had a poster up in this cafe with a date on it for a fortnight. Well, yeah, I did look at that, but I can't read it. That, Jerry, is because it's in hieroglyphics. <laughs> like a poster in a cafe would have been in those days. It's authentic, Jerry. That's why you can't read it. Yeah, but how will anyone know what it's about or what time it's on? The time's on there. Where? Oh, for crying out loud, Jerry. You have to at least come and meet me some of the way on this. Look, knotted rope, severed arm, lioness, viper, carpet, severed arm, staff, rock, staff, vulture, viper, vulture, water. Half past seven, what's up with you? 
Oh, right, yeah, yeah, I see it now, yeah. What can I get you, Arthur? I'll have two teas and a slice of toast. I mean, a slice of toast and two teas. No, will you just listen? Two slices of tea and a cup of toast. I can't put it any place. No, it's not that. One tea and two slices of toast, please. With an egg on it, if it's not too much trouble. I'll bring it over. Right, get me red bino out, me pad. Are you using that, mix? What, me red bino? Your tomato sauce. Haven't you got any on your table? I wouldn't be asking if I had. Oh, go on, then. As long as you bring it straight back. And I'm trusting you now. Normally, I'd, I'd get you to sign a, a chitty for it. But I'm a bit too busy for that at the moment. Thanks very much. Now, let's have a look at this. Welcome, fellow Egyptologists. That's a good start, is that? Because that's inclusive, and that's what they'll be looking for. Welcome, fellow Egyptologists, to what I hope will be... There you go. What? Your sauce back. Oh, thank you for being so prompt with it. Don't mention it. Right, now, um, welcome, fellow Egyptologists, to what I hope will be an illuminating and instructive... Excuse me. Oh, what? What is it now? I was wondering, could I use your tomato sauce? What's up with yours? I'm gone here. There's, there's none on the table. Oh, take it. But only on the understanding that you return it at the earliest eventuality. Thank you. Welcome, fellow Egyptologists, to what I hope will be an illuminating and instructive series of... Here you are. Oh, where I am, what? Your sauce. Oh, for crying out loud, just leave it on the table, will you? <clears throat> Welcome, fellow Egyptologists, to what I hope will be an illuminating and intrusive series of lecture talks over the... What? What are you staring at? Oh, don't tell me. Here. Take the sodding stuff. Just bloody well have it. And do me a favour, keep it. I don't want it back. Blood and sand. You know, I've never known anything like it. Welcome, fellow Egyptologists, to what I hope will be an illuminating and destructive series of lecture talks. There you go, Arthur. Don't need sauce on that. All right, that's it. I've had enough. You've just broken the camel, Jerry. Cancel that. Cancel my order. I can see what's going on here. I'm off. I shall see you tonight at Knotted Rope, Severed Arm, Lioness, Viper, Carpet, Severed Arm. Right then, let's... What does that say? Please knock loudly, bell not working. The caretaker. That's a good start, isn't it? Come on, you dozy. Geoffrey! 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 Where are you, you idiot? I'm here. Open the sudden door, then, and get a move on. You'll have to stand to one side. Why? Does it open outwards? No, but you're in the way. In the way of what? Me. I'm, I'm behind you. <laughs> what are you doing behind me, you dozy so-and-so-and-so? I've been to get some milk. I've just been knocking my knuckles red raw on your big stupid door. Did you not think to take your sign down when you left the premises unoccupied? No. Because that sign infers to me that there's someone in there, ready and waiting to meet and greet the knockers. I never thought of that. I'll just get the keys. Right, so you're all filled in now, aren't you, on all the do's and don'ts in terms of admitting the general public? I think so. Don't think so, Geoffrey. No, so. It's a very important evening, is this. Confidentially, I expect to be elected to the board of the British Asia Apological Society after tonight. 
And who knows what glittering prizes might lay in store for me thereafter. President, perhaps, or even, dare I say it, vice president. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, it would be no more or less than I deserve. Who's on the door, then? I am. Right, that's for you. It's a list of drone violations um, and other procedures of entry that won't be tolerated. Right. Oh, th this is Michael. He's helping me out tonight. So you'll be doing my music and lighting, I presume, if he's on the door? Yeah, I suppose so. Well, sure, a bit of enthusiasm. Where did you get him from? He's my nephew. He's stopping with us. Oh, dear, that's all we need. <laughs> Look, you start with me with a clean slate. I won't hold any of your uncle's misdemeanours against you. <laughs> with me, you're innocent until I can prove you're guilty. <laughs> I hope you're better on the technical side of things than you are at communicating. Dunno, I've never done it before. Oh, wonderful. Look, here's a list of cues and what you have to do. It's all written down to make it easy for you. When I say the things on it, you perform the relevant action, right? So come on, if I were to say to you, pyramids, what would that be the cue for you to do? So look on the list. Pyramids. Pyramids. Oh, if I could... Look, what does that say? Well, I don't know. I can't read your writing. Looks like panda. It does not. I'll panda to you in a minute. Look, it clearly says pyramids, does that? Geoffrey, look at that. What does that say? It looks like pariah. It says sodden pyramid. That what's up with you? Here, you, uh, nephew, whatever your name is, take that cue sheet, and in the time remaining, I want you to study it meticulously. I don't want things going wrong tonight. It's a very important night. I have a representative of the British Egyptological Society attending tonight. I want this lecture talk to go with military precision. Can I see your ticket, please? Here you are. Uh, can you sit anywhere? Yes, but there's no spitting. <laughs> what did you say? There's no spitting. It's on the list. I've no intention of spitting. Good, cos I've been told to keep my eye on you. Tickets, please. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry you can't come in. Why? Well, he says all the women have to take their trousers off. I beg your pardon? All the women have to take their trousers off or go home. There's a dress code. It's on the posters. Do you know who I am? No, I don't think so. I am from the British Egyptology Society. Oh, I don't care where you're from. You've got to take your trousers off or go home. You disgust. Disgusting little man. Ow! No, don't do that. I was only following orders. Following orders, are you? Well, perhaps you can tell Count Arthur Strong from me that this is not the sort of behaviour we in the society expect of our members. I shall be sending him a letter regarding his application. Goodbye. Oh, dear. Better start then, Michael. Hey, that's the music. No-one's come and got me. They're bloody idiots. Uh, just coming. Yes, don't worry. Uh, the pyramids... The Sphinx, the Valley of Kings, the Valley of Queens, Sir Elgin Marbles and Queen Cleopatra's Noodles. Needles! Queen Cleopatra's Needles. The spell of ancient e Turn it off. You see, nobody told me we were starting. That's what's happened there. The spell of ancient... Turn the music off. Turn it off. Turn off the music off. Michael! Look at your bit of paper. Turn off the music off. 
Turn off the music off. Watch my top lip. Turn off the sudden music off. Could you not see what was going on for crying out loud? Bodes well for the rest of the evening, doesn't it? That The spell of ancient Egypt has fascinated and enthralled people for the last millions of years. From Ramesses, the sun god, through Nefertiti, right the way up to Hapshepsut, the one-legged goat king. And where we are today... Let's talk for a little, little while about Ramesses, who I've just mentioned. Emperor Ramesses was a giant of a man, standing some full six foot in his stocking feet, or should I say, in his besandled feet, in his case, if you'll pardon the pun. <laughs> now, six feet, oh, let's use the Egyptian measurement, uh, 24, carry two, um, 64 pigeon legs. <laughs> doesn't sound very high to us these days. But in ancient Egypt, with the average height being somewhere around the four foot six mark, that would be um, 24, 32, um, 38 pigeon legs, you can see that Ramesses stood a good... Um, oh, I wish I'd never started with that now. Um, 15 of 20 pigeon knees above everybody else. Now, as well as all that... Pharaoh Ramesses sired an extraordinary number of offspring, some hundreds and hundreds of children. They're still digging them up at the pyramids. <laughs> but, you know, my fire was first lit for all things Egypt when I was doing my national service. I was in the entertainment branch of the forces, as you all well know. It's been very well documented in autobiographies. People have written about me and such like. <laughs> and we came to Egypt when we were touring the Middle East in that wonderful, wonderful show, the... Oh, um, what was it? Um, musical. Um, Fiddler on the Roofing. That's it. That's the one. Anyway... In a break from rehearsals, me and some of the cast hired some of those, um, what are they called? Yacht of the Desert. Uh, camels! <laughs> filthy, dirty, disgusting scavengers! Move away from me, you filthy beast! Go on further! That's more like it! Disgusting animals! Spat right in my face! I never even said anything to it! <laughs> anyway... We rode, guided only by the stars, nor by nor west, until we arrived at the old cursed tomb of King Nephew Knezer. <laughs> Do you know, if I live to be an hundred, I'll never forget that night when we arrived at the cursed old tomb of King Nephew Knezer, if I live to be an hundred. <laughs> At either side of the entrance there stood, hewn from solid granite, I would imagine, two giant colossuses. 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 Listen! At one side of the entrance was one giant colossus, and at the other side of the entrance there was another giant colossus. You see, there's ways round all that. Anyway... I turned and, flaming flambeau in hand, walked through the entrance. Once inside, there were no prizes for guessing which was nephew Fenezer's sarsacer goose. 
It shone like solid gold in the half-light, almost half-blinding anyone who even half looked at it. <laughs> to my left, hidden to the naked eye, I spotted a concealed chamber. My throat went as dry as a bone. Could this be the last resting place of... Here we go. Toot the car horn. Toot the car horn. Toot the carman, you see? That's how you remember them. I pushed open the door to it. What secrets would I find on the other side? The bloody sodding camels, that's what. Eating my potted meat sandwiches. Gone right round in a bloody great circle, come back in at the ticket office, hadn't I? Complete waste of time. And so, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. I hope you've been as illuminated by me tonight as I don't mind saying, even if I say so myself, I have, by what I've heard me saying to you. And it's not often I can say that. Anyway, thank you for making my talk such a success that I think it's been by not coughing, picking your noses or spitting through it. You've been marvellous. Good night to you. Hello? Hello? Eh, uh, they, they're both gone. What about whoever it was from the British Egyptological Society? Um, I don't think I saw her. What do you mean, her? Oh, I, it's not my fault. She, she wouldn't take her trousers off. What are you talking about, you idiot? She belted me on the head with her umbrella. What did she say to you? She said she was going to send you a letter about your application. And how did she say it? Was she smiling? Did it sound as though they would treat it in a favourable light? She seemed very positive in a way. Oh, well, there you are then. That sounds promising. And, and, and when she belted you, was it playfully? It did hurt a bit. Well, yes, but, you know, that just could have been an accident. She probably stuck her head in the door, saw everything was all set up just right for a wonderful lecture and rushed off back to the office to splash a letter of recommendation off to her superiors, stopping only to playfully hit you on the head with her umbrella. <laughs> well, oh, that sounds very encouraging. Very encouraging. I'd say we have something to celebrate. Have you got any drinking at home? No, I haven't. Oh, well, then we can go down to the shoulder of the mutton, have a couple there. Drink to my impending good news. Well, I don't know. I'll it's... see if I can get something to eat there as well. I'm famished. I missed my breakfast this morning. I could eat a horse. And do you know, Geoffrey, when I'm vice president of the British Egyptological Society, I'll be able to afford to eat one if I wanted, which I don't. I mean, I'd eat one if I was starving, if it was me or it in the, in the desert or something. But I wouldn't eat one for fun. And I'd only eat what I could kill. Will they still be open? Oh, yes, Jack doesn't close until, um, vulture, lion, vulture, viper, vulture, water, quail chick, basket, lion, quail chick, basket, tea's made, no, I've said tea's made, um, cuddly toy, glass, cut glass decanter. <laughs> Appearing with Count Arthur Strong were Sue Perkins, Alistair Kerr and Dave Mountfield. The script was written by Steve Delaney and edited by Graham Duff. 
Count Arthur Strong's radio show was recorded live at Comedia Brighton, is produced by John Leonard and Mark Radcliffe, and is a joint Comedia Entertainment and Smooth Operations production.